and welcome to another episode of North 100, a Canadian Highlander podcast. I'm Serge. Joining me as always, I have Jer, Alex, and Liam. Quick reminder, this episode is brought to you by you with your support over at the Patreon at patreon.com slash run. We could not do this podcast without you. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, for those of you who watch other Loading Ready Run content, a uh, uh, reminder that last Friday we had a little North 100 Highlander tournament. Uh, powerful magic happened. Friendships were on the line. The podcast almost became North 97, but we pulled through. I don't want to give any spoilers, but uh, if you want to see some, uh, I can't say live content because we just played it, but some pre-recorded content, definitely check it out on the VOD and it'll get on the YouTubes at some point. Uh, and if you're looking forward for more Highlander content, a reminder that we have the 2017 Highlander of the Year Yellow Jacket Top 8 competition coming up on February 4th, and we have confirmed commentary. Uh, the teams are going to be Alex and myself, and then Liam and our good friend Nelson Salahub, Nelly, local L2 judge, and Highlander aficionado as the other commentary team. Jer is too cool to be on commentary because he, of course, qualified for this event. Hey, Jer. Yeah. Uh, you want to give us a little spoiler, little secret tech on what you're playing in the tournament? No idea. Please uh, <laughs> comment below. Uh, let me know what I should play. Oh, I've not heard of that archetype. Yeah, oh, very good. The, it's, uh, it's strong. It's related to oops all spells. <laughs> it's oops. Yeah, it's I like don't a know crossover between is. Cheerios and oops all spells. Fantastic. All right, uh, let's start off with our normal intro segment. The best card you're not playing up today is me. Uh, and instead of a single card, I want to talk about a, a cycle of cards... Uh, you could even say a cycle of cycling cards. I want to introduce the canyon slough. 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 The slew. canyon slough. Slough. Okay. <laughs> These cards are amazing. Um, earlier we've warned that you probably don't want to play too many lands that enter the battlefield tapped. So these cycle of lands are the allied um, uh, the allied duels. Uh, so we're going to cycle through a couple of them up here. So sure, Island Amonkhet. Swamp. These are from Amonkhet. They enter the battlefield tapped and they cycle for two. Cycle, of course, means discard it and draw a card. Uh, these cards are actually fantastic. Um, if you're playing fetch lands, they're, they're really great. They can fix your mana really reliably. Uh, late game, if you're playing a slower deck, you can cycle them. And if you're playing that spicy secret tech Tithe, the one mana instant spell that finds you a plane, or if you're behind on lands, finds you two planes, you can even turn it into a late game draw spell. Um, so Maybe in case- two draw spells. Yeah. Mm. So if, you are, uh, if you're wondering if these cards are playable, or if you're listening previously to us being like, you gotta be fast, uh, in a slower deck, in a mid-range deck, in a control deck, these lands are definitely playable. And cheap. Inexpensive. Yeah, a yeah. great budget option too, if you're looking to get some, uh, some duels into your deck. Um, Anything else before we hop into today's theme? Let's get it. Today, we are doing the second half of Arrivals of Ixalan set review. Uh, last time, we focused on the killer cards, and today we're going to talk about cards we missed. We're going to talk about uh, tribal cards that don't necessarily fit into every deck, and we're going to talk about other cards. And I want to start off by saying, it turns out you viewers love set reviews, because wow, did we get a lot of feedback. We got a ton yeah, of comments, awesome. a ton of tweets, a lot of suggestions on cards to talk about. We're going to do our best to get to all of those cards, because there were a bunch. And it turns out a lot of you really want to try and break Release to the Wind, because uh, hmm. it's amazing how many people were, were giving hypothetical situations in which that card would be nuts. Yeah. Uh, so that was really cool, and thank you for all the feedback, and we're going to do our best to... Uh, uh, talk about all the cards you're excited about in this new set. Uh, so let's jump right into it. We're going to go once again in Wooburg, semi-alphabetical order. Uh, we're gonna, you know, we, we did, there's a lot of cards. I didn't about. do the list this time, so hopefully it's a little better. 
All right, our first card, Bishop of Binding. This is a four mana, one, one vampire cleric for three and a white. It has two abilities. The first, when it enters the battlefield, exile target creature an opponent controls until Bishop of Binding leaves the battlefield. This is similar to uh, Fiend Hunter, um, those effects. Uh, the second line of text is when it attacks, target vampire gets plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the power of the exiled card. Liam, start us off. Yeah, this card's okay. Um, it's a four mana one one, which is the thing that's a little alarming about it, but the effect is very powerful. So um, you get to eat some big creature and then this in some ways becomes that size, right? It's on not attacks. on attacks, that's exactly. It's not a static effect. Um, so yeah, this I mean this card's interesting and, and powerful. Uh, the question is going to be, can you overcome having a 1-1 one, one that you paid 4 mana for? There's a lot of removal that's maybe going to incidentally hit this. And then so, also, as is the case with like Fiend Hunter, Fairgrounds Warden, um, all the cards like this, if they die, um, you often can get blown out, right? You're sort of inviting yourself up to, to sort of some, some bigger blowouts. Another sort of uh, corner case on this card, if you exile a token, you get no power uh, yeah, so improvement. Getting Merit Lodge, no good. Uh, the, well, the, you it, it is gone it. forever. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's fine. It's but gone like, forever. you don't get the pump. Look, when I'm getting when I'm getting merit lodged, it's always by surge, and there's a life from the low involved, and it's happening again next turn. So, yeah. um, <laughs> I looked at this card and was just like, I would probably rather have uh, Palace Jailer. Yeah. Because like even Palace Jailer on an empty board where there's no targets, you turn it into a howling mine. So. Yeah, I mean, Jer Jer offered up. Jer and I were just talking about this card, and Jer offered up a pretty good like also quarter case, but re relevant interaction there where this card might be better than any of the other Fiend Hunter effects, which is like, if your opponent show and tells in an Emrakul and you put this in... That's hot. And you just get to make a 16-16 one attacks. It is the magical Christmas land, but... Like, I mean, if you're in a small metagame, well, but if you're in a small metagame where people are playing like big idiot creatures in various different ways, I mean, this card's stock goes up massively. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it really does. So I think this is a great opportunity to sort of set the stage on a lot of these cards. Yeah. A lot of these cards are totally playable. A lot of these cards are fine, and we'll look at them very favorably. I think the reality, though, is in a lot of uh, established decks, a deck you've been brewing for a while, it's going to be hard to imagine what card you would cut to make this get in. Yeah, these are a lot of 110th cards. Totally. Right? Cards that are, like, interesting, but but don't get in unless the yeah. metagame's really specifically geared towards them. So here's a card that, again, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of decks that could fit in, uh, but it's worth discussion. That is Paladin of Atonement. Paladin of Atonement is a 2-mana 1-1 one, one for 1 and a white. It's also a vampire. It's a vampire knight. And at the beginning of each upkeep, if you lost life last turn, so each turn, mm -hmm. put a plus one plus one counter on the paladin. And then when the paladin dies, you gain life equal to its toughness. Alex? So, Jer mentioned that this is pretty cool to hit off of a fetch land, because it comes in as a 2-2. Two -two. Um, it might be a little tricky to get it really huge, but I don't know. I think it's a, it's all right. Um, the deck I'm most excited for this card for is, is black-white aggro, where you have all, oh, the, yeah. all the black one drops that in your upkeep your deal, deal one damage like to. Exactly. Sarcophage into this. So, yeah. so that... Oh, right, uh, yeah, Sangr not Sarcophage, um, Carnophage. So, right, both. Sarcophage. Yeah. You, you combine Carnophage and Sarcomancy. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, I suppose in that case you are turning the um, the life tick down into a uh, block side. Yeah, yeah. E exactly. And then, then that deck often wants to race and you can force your opponent to try to race you by just playing, going so wide and forcing them to start cracking back at you. And then this card is 
getting plus one plus one on your upkeep and plus one plus one on their upkeep. It and and if it ever dies, it totally swings the race. It, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it, well, it sort of banks the life loss that you paid in air quotes into it. So I don't know. That might be interesting because I I really like Gray Weenie <laughs> as an archetype. Yeah. yeah. And you know maybe this guy slides in. All right, next up, we have the Trap Jaw Tyrant. This is a five mana, five, five dinosaur. It has Enrage, uh, pardon me, five mana, so three white, white, so five in total. Uh, enrage, whenever it's dealt damage, exile target creature and opponent controls until the Tyrant leaves the battlefield. So they get them all back if this dies. Uh, Jared, tell me about the Tyrant. Uh, so this is a pretty reasonable card in like white mid-range, which yep. is, I guess, why I got it. Um, ah, <laughs> uh, yes. So Big white. It, it makes it really hard for your opponent to attack you. It, they're heavily disincentivized from attacking, letting this block, and then not having a way to remove it. So it basically <laughs> forces your opponent to have a pretty big removal spell. 5-5, five, five, generally good at dodging red removal. 5-mana, good at dodging some of the more conditional CMC-based removal that sees a lot of play, like Fatal Push and Abrupt Decay. Totally. So this does dodge a reasonable amount of removal spells. It's not unreasonable for it to see play, but I think it's just not good enough at a, on offense for a 5-mana spell. Yeah, what do you want out of 5-mana? Five 5-mana, five you really want it to be good on both offense and defense, because it's a lot of mana to play, pay in Highlander, especially if you're not ramping into it. Um, and so this on offense, I think, is just too easy to get double-blocked by two 3-3s three than, you the know, trigger just, doesn't do anything. just traded for a 3-3, three three exactly. Yeah, okay. Uh, not not too exciting. Does it open up to getting two for one, but like, yeah, I I just don't think it's quite there. It's also again like risky, right? Like let's say you do live the dream and you exile two or three things. Like eventually they're probably gonna find a way to kill it. And when they do, they're sort of back in the spot that they were in before you played this. Exactly. All right. Next up, we have, and this is a spoiler from the last episode, the only of the elder dinosaurs we didn't talk about. Uh, we're talking, of course, of Zapulta. Zatulpa. Zatulpa. Man, these names are hard to pronounce. Zatulpa is an 8-mana 4-8. So for 6 white-white, uh, it is a legendary elder dinosaur, and it has the following keywords. Flying, uh -huh. Double Strike, yeah. Vigilance, okay. Trample, uh -huh. and Indestructible. Hmm. Uh, Liam, tell me about this dinosaur. So this dinosaur is a pretty reasonable stat line with a pile of text. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it's like missing so like these creatures are often described as being like french vanilla right they have like what? uh yeah yeah they don't this have any other text yeah they don't actually have any other text besides power and toughness and some keyword so like this french vanilla is like not quite properly brewed right <laughs> it's it's got flying the flying uh and like indestructible and double strike are all really nice but then the vigilance and trample feel like they're they're not as good if they were stuff something like haste or lifelink It'd be insane. Um, yeah, the, then then we'd start talking about this card as being really powerful. Yeah. As it is, it's either going to see play... Like, you could play it as, like, a budget option in a reanimator deck. It's okay, but it's not insane. And then also, uh, you can play it in big white, because that deck always has 25 mana on turn four. Clearly. Uh, I guess. And so the game's over anyway. In fact, your opponent probably conceded when you told them what you were playing. the weakest keyword on this card is trample, because it has flying. Yeah, it's not often. You don't need the two not, types of evasion. Not getting chump blocked is yeah, like is not not relevant. having spirits be like under the bus I go. I, is like I, pretty nice. I think vigilance is the least yeah, relevant keyword. Okay. Like if vigilance was haste or life, like I think this card's a real card. So talk to yeah. me, talk to me about why this doesn't make the cut in a normal reanimator deck. So we've yeah. got an established reanimator deck. You got Grizzlebrand. You've got Iona. You've got Elish Norn. Sort of those targets. Why? 
so in Reanimator, you're looking for a card to do one of several things. You're looking for it to either uh, massively disrupt your opponent, like something like Iona is the the obvious one. Tight spell, like Yeah, yeah. It, it immediately stabilize the board, which is like like Elishnorn. It it immediately stabilizes the board of small creatures, stops them being able to go wide. Uh, something that uh, ends the game extremely quickly, like Trench Gorger or something. Now this gets close to that. Um, the thing is, ending the game extremely quickly means basically one hit. Oh. Uh, it, uh, lots, right. of, lots of aggro decks are actually able to race race evenly with eight damage a turn. Hmm. Say they have something like Hellrider. Or, or a ton of burn or whatever. Or exactly, a ton of burn. Or even just like three creatures. That's often... You never want to turn this sideways and have them go no blocks. Well, it's sort of green. It, it does have is, vigilance. It doesn't ever turn sideways. But yeah. It does uh, have vigilance. But it, but it is conceivable to still just lose to an aggro deck if this is the yeah. one creature you happen to... Like if they go wide enough, graveyard. it just doesn't matter. Exactly. Because like, if you're doing it on turn three, say you're already starting the life the the race five points down. You're at like mm. 12 or it, something. This yeah. is gonna e show even starting at 15, it's like risky to try to race an aggro deck with this card. So in or, conclusion? Sorry. Yeah, and then the last thing you're looking for is something that like enables you to do it again next turn, so like Jenga Taxius, Crystal Brand. Sure, okay. Something like that. Uh, and it just doesn't really fit into any of those spots. It, it like is reasonable at stabilizing the board and is reasonable at killing your opponent, but you really want like an A plus in one of those sort of four categories, and it's like a B in two of them. So it's not an unreasonable card to, to put in, mm -hmm. but it's just likely not knocking anything that's already in out. So if you're building uh, Reanimator for the first time, probably a great uh, option to get in there if you want to make Reanimator on a budget and you open one of these, amazing. If you're a long-time Reanimate player, you're probably not cutting one of your established threats for Zatulpa. My goodness. All right, uh, that's it for white cards. Let's move on to blue. Uh, the first blue card I want to talk about is Expel. Expel from Orazka. Got it. Nailed it. Nailed it. These cards and they're easy to pronounce names. This <laughs> is a two mana instant for one and a blue. It has Ascend. And it says, return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. If you have the city's blessing, you may put that permanent on top of its owner's library instead. This card was actually suggested to me by a pharmacist judge over Twitter. And I'm going to put this under the category of a good card we missed. I think this is actually really interesting. Uh, pharmacist judge made the argument that if you have the city's blessing, and your opponent makes uh, 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 cracks a fetch land, so they have a shuffle effect on the stack, you can use this basically as an instance being Vindicate. The amount of playable cards in Highlander right now that lets you put a card on top of your opponent's deck at instant speed are not that many, and so I think there's some application with this card. Mm -hmm. the, the problem is, um, last episode I talked about like, yeah, we're gonna have to see how hard Ascend is to get, and I realized like, it turns out you didn't have to wait for the cards to come out to determine how often you get 10 permanents in play. I just okay. started counting. <laughs> and so... Uh, Fair. You were on mono red. Sh sure, sure. So last tournament, uh, I realized I actually played 12 games. But in the 12 <laughs> games I played, my opponents got the City's Blessing once. They got they got to 10 permanents once, and that was my Paradox Engine artifact combo opponent mm. who hit 10 permanents as they were killing me on turn 4. Um, <laughs> so, and for context, I was playing, like, blue-red... Uh, like red deck recall. I, I was playing mono red and I had recall in my deck. So I'm ending the game quickly, but if your card doesn't do anything before mono red's killing you, that's a problem. Yeah. Um, so I think that this is a card that's interesting and, and maybe you do slide it in as a replacement for something like Into the Royal, but I, I think that we can we can say with like a reasonable amount of certainty that unless your Ascend card is quite expensive, it's unlikely to be useful 
uh, that you're going to hit Ascend super early, especially in a control deck. Because in a control deck, you're looking to hit 10 lands. Sure. Pretty but much, yeah. Worth checking out. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Thank you for the suggestion. Next up, we have the Curious Obsession. Uh, this is a one-mana aura. Uh, an aura is an enchant creature. Uh, enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one, and has the following text. Whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. And at the beginning of your end step, if you didn't attack with any creature this turn, not necessarily the one enchanted, you have to sacrifice Curious, curious Obsession. Jared, tell me about this card. I really like this card. Yeah? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's really good in blue tempo decks. Blue, they're printing more and more blue two power, two mana flyers, which I think is the way tempo is going to have to go in order to uh, be like successful in the, in the future. Yeah, like really nice. cheap, evasive creatures. Um, it, uh, it'll also see play in, in Boggles, of course. Oh, expert, yeah. But, and Flying yeah. Men. Yeah, and, and Flying Men. Uh, but I'm really excited for this in Blue Tempo decks because uh, it's really easy to go card neutral on this right away. Uh, it, so like get, even if they get, kill it the turn after you play it or whatever? Yeah, if they have Sorcery Speed Removal or whatever, or they, they untap and kill it. Uh, you, you already went one for one on this card. And then if, you, if it's able to stick around, it's a steady stream of card advantage, which is great, especially in a blue-red deck where you can convert that card advantage into direct damage. Hmm. You know, it seems like most of the time this is just going to be a curiosity with upside. Yeah. Hmm. So that's kind of hot. Cool. Uh, what about the, I mean, the risk with all enchantments, uh, uh, specifically auras, is getting two for one. You go to enchant a creature and they kill the creature and they get two cards for the one card. So, so the advantage of playing this in a like blue tempo deck is that you're that those types of decks are filled with cheap and or free counter magic. So you can protect it. So, yeah, so you're okay. so you're able to protect your creature, and that's likely what you want to be using your cheap counter magic to do anyways. So yeah. it's, it's okay. not off game plan at all. All right, our next card is actually the Loading Ready Run spoiler card, Alex. Hint, oh, hint. Yeah. And it is the Crafty Cut Purse. Cut Purse, which is a four mana two two for three and a blue. It's a human pirate. It has flash, and when it enters the battlefield, each token that would be created under an opponent's control this turn is created under your control instead. Tell me about this card, Alex. So Santa Claus comes to town. He's yeah. like, ho, 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 Billy. You're going to cast this in response to your, well, when your opponent's uh, dark depths, dark depths, dark depths. <laughs> ability resolves. <laughs> and then Have a merit lodge. Ho, like, ho, 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 Merry Christmas. <laughs> He'll be like, thanks, Santa. I always wanted a 2020. Mm -hmm. um, that's... That's the nut play you make with this. Totally. Um, I don't think that that's going to happen very often. This is unfortunately a card uh, that would maybe be really techy if you could um, predict. Well, it's like or I, if you could give your opponent good cards, and I'm not going to get into a deck that would <laughs> play all the hunted creatures because sure. that's garbage. Sure. What are you talking about? Hunted Wumpus is great. It's not great. All right. Phantasm. Um, I think a hunted lot of. Centaur? Yeah. Okay. No, it's it's just like, I think most of the time, against a lot of decks that just don't create tokens at all, much less good ones, um, this is going to be a four mana two two with flash and no abilities. What if you give them the tokens? No. <laughs> are, yeah. we, are we are we to going to talk tokens? about Varchild's War Riders? Uh, yes, we're going to talk about Varchild's War Riders. What is a, a Varchild's War Rider, and what set was this printed in? Alliances. What? One, wow. One in a red. Okay. Three, four. Go on. Trample. Okay. Rampage one. 
great. What, that's what's that's, rampage one, Alex. That's an whenever, old ability. Whenever it gets blocked, yeah. it gets plus one plus one for each blocking creature. Each. Are mm-hmm. you ready Spicy. for the it's other? Turbo sh- Bushido. Are you ready for the other shooter? That sounds pretty good. Okay, go on. Okay. Cumulative upkeep, yeah. put a 1-1 one, one red survivor creature token into play under an opponent's control. That's not very good. We just get to take their tokens. Well, <laughs> no, no, no. Well, Crafty per- Cut Purse is only the turn it comes into play. You don't get all their tokens. You wait till you get to three or four. <laughs> <laughs> I discovered that in assessing cards and yeah. combos and things, if your thesis starts with the words, wait until... <laughs> Just stop, like, or or hope something. Like wait until if, if it starts with the phrase wait until or just hope, stop. Sure. It will not work. Can See? we go back to this war child really quick? Yeah. yeah. Is this nuts? I can't tell. Like a I, two and a three four. I, have, I mean, I'm gonna play it. But. I have always wanted to play this card, and I've never. Well, I don't own a copy of it, but also like, it seems so sketchy. I mean, you don't but have to not. pay cumulative upkeep. You can choose to stop at some point. Like, like, would you play a burn spell that read, give your opponent a 1-1, one, one, deal 3 damage? You would, right? That That's a burn two? spell you would play. For 2? Yeah. No. Yeah, absolutely At sorcery speed. At no. sorcery speed. Sure. That's no. fine. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, you would. You would definitely play that spell. But In that, mono red? But, yeah. but think about, it though, about this. Deal 3 damage, uh, fog your next attacker. Yeah, maybe. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. That's just <laughs> maybe it's worth thinking. trying. Like maybe Look, Alex is talking about all these like you know if you have wait until or hope. That's just a problem with how you're describing your plan. <laughs> okay. Plan to have searing blaze for the one one, then they die. Bring it back to the cut first. Back to the cut first. <laughs> uh, I I look at this card and I think of cards like um, uh, containment priest. Okay, which that card's is, nuts. Which is another sort of tech card, but it's main boardable in Highlander because yeah. it's one and a one. Not yeah. that there are sideboards. No, yeah. not, not that there are sideboards, <laughs> which means that like the sort of sideboardy like tech cards have to be good enough on their own. Uh, so like, but what does the containment, containment priest, priest do? Containment priest is one and a white for a two-two yeah. with flash. Okay. Um, that says, if a creature would enter the battlefield, non, and it, non-token. Non, non-token creature would enter the battlefield, and it wasn't cast, exile it instead. Yeah, so this browns anything that comes out of Ether Vial, that comes out of Birthing Pod, that returns from the graveyard, that's like put into play directly from the library, so it gets Panglacial Worm. Platinum Empyrean off Madcap Experiment. <laughs> yep. Restoration Angel. <laughs> Restoration Angel. <laughs> if you resto your own Containment Priest, it dies. Oh. Yeah. It's so <laughs> it's sweet. And worst yeah. case scenario, and they don't have an effect like this, it's a 2-2 with Flash. Yep. Upside Bear. That is, that's perfectly fine. Yeah, um, e- even Venser Shapers of One has been seeing less play just because, like, paying four mana for a two-two isn't that that great. It counters a spell. Yeah, well, and it's it, 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 it doesn't even see play. It doesn't actually counter a spell. It remands it kind of. Yeah. Puts it back into hand. It's like, and Venser cool, has though. huge utility. Yeah, and it, it's it's starting to get cut. So that's how mm. how good four mana two twos have to be. That like, Venser's like on the cusp. Uh, we just talked about Venture, but let's really quickly read the text on that card. Sure, it's 2 and 2 blue for a human wizard. 2-2. Uh, two, two. Flash. When it enters the battlefield, return target spell or permanent to its owner's hand. So that seems real good. It sort of counters and definitely bounces. <laughs> it, it unsubstantiates. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's move on. The next card we have is the Time Stream Navigator. This is a 2-mana 1-1 one, one, uh, for 1 and a blue. It has a Ascend. It is a human pirate wizard. 
that's a lot of key, a lot of uh, subtypes. And it has the following text. For two blue blue and tap, put it on the bottom of your library. Time walk, but you can only activate this ability if you have the city's blessing. Liam, tell me about this card. All right, so you have your survival of the fittest oh, no. in play. You survival up anger, you pitch anger, you get this, you play this, you have the city's blessing. And four mana. Well, sure, of course. <laughs> um, look, you've gotten the city's blessing by playing a bunch of elves. Okay. It's fine. Yeah, no. Then you activate this ability, put it on the bottom, take your next turn, and hope to draw a creature for the rest of the game to take infinite turns. Or you mill yourself. And then when you put this card in the bottom of your library, it's He's the only card in your library, He's so you just take all turn. the turns. So how many hoops do you want to jump through to cast Time Walk? Well, I mean, so Hermit <laughs> Druiding this is actually not that unreasonable. Uh, it's kind of funny because if you if you Hermit Druid your whole deck, then you cast Angel of Glory's Rise. This gets brought back because it's a human. And then if you have a Zombie Lady of Scrolls in play, this taps because it's a wizard. So it, it does double duty. Turns. Well, no, you do that after. All right, all right. So hang on. The, sa the sass aside... <laughs> What, what like what, what's the conclusion? I, on this? I don't think this card's playable. <laughs> this card's uh, it's good. it's it's too slow. Um, is the big problem. If it if you if could you, just do it, it was fine. But you have to play it and then say, please don't kill my one one, and then you get to take an extra turn. Even and if the ability cost less, I think yeah. it would be, I'd I like might try to get it. But it also just almost costs as much as time warp. Time warp. Yeah. I feel like yeah. A big part of why time walk is good is being able to choose when you time walk, and this just. You, it's like you have to bend over backwards to even set it up, much less activate it when you really need it. Because yeah. It's also much better when your opponent doesn't necessarily know it's coming. Yeah, yeah. that's right. true too. Time walk much worse when your opponent can prepare for it. Yeah, the, the worst time walks I've ever been on the receiving end of is like when they made a slightly suspicious attack that seemed kind of bad, and I was like, okay. You're like, we're make, racing make now. Make some Got bad it. blocks, time walk, oh, I'm dead. <laughs> it's like, I guess the one... This is not super likely, but if you could like court of calling for this on an end step or something, like maybe that's powerful, because then you you do get the surprise element. But I, I just think it's it's too much of a yeah, it's just too much of a circus. They keep printing creatures like this that try to balance the idea of of having time walk on a stick, and none of them are good enough. Because well, that that's probably that, a good that thing. That effect's too good. It's too yeah. good. <laughs> so yeah. So our last blue card is actually the first card in our new tribal section. Uh, so tribal cards are kind of hard to evaluate in, in a vacuum because that's the whole point of travel. They're good when they're together. Uh, so let's introduce our first tribal card, the Seafloor Oracle. This is a four mana, two, three merfolk wizard for two blue blue. Uh, and whenever merfolk you control deals combat edge to a player, draw a card. Jer? Play it in merfolk. Play it in merfolk. It's Fish Edric. Fedric. It is the Kevin Federline of Ophidians. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, enough said. Take with that what you will. Uh, we've talked, uh, especially at the first Ixalan, uh, is Merfolk playable? Uh, turns out the answer is yes. Yep. Uh, maybe, and maybe this is nuts. More playable now. I, know, I know a bunch of people are picking up all the new Merfolk, and there's several people putting a copy together, so. Cool. Yeah, when you say the tribal section, this is actually just Merfolk. There's a vampire. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah. yeah. There's one vampire forthcoming. Which one's going to be the playable I... vampire? Can you guess at home? <laughs> Type in the comments now. <laughs> yeah. Check back really later. Um, Matt Greer sent me a prototype for a Mardu vampires list that I haven't looked at yet. Ooh. But I, like, vampire lander is getting there. It and I was like, ooh, this is <clears throat> hot. All right. He's, so, he's brewed some spicy decks. Very spicy. So, moving on to our next color, black. We have the Moment of Craving. This is a two-mana instant for one and a black. 
Target creature gets minus two, minus two until end of turn and gain two life. And this card is definitely a good card that we missed. Liam, talk about it. Yeah, so this card, the, the closest analog to this is Farika's Cure or Soren's Thirst, which are black, <clears throat> black for uh, a card that says deal two damage, you gain two life to target creature. Yeah. This card's just better in almost every way. Yeah. Uh, it's easier to cast, and the minus two, minus two is very occasionally worse than damage, but on balance, probably better on average. Yeah. And uh, this is an effect that I think a bunch of decks are actually pretty in for. I've wanted to play Farika's Cure and uh, and Soren's Thirst before, but the mana cost has been really prohibitive. Yeah, it turns uh, out like, the difference between one and a black and black-black is very, very large. Well, yeah. and it's just also that in Highlander, black is definitely uh, the least mained color like it's you you very rarely build a deck that is base black splashing something else um hmm. so most typically when when a deck has black in it it's splashing the yeah. black and so getting a, a double black card in well, unless it's something like him to talk isn't something you're doing very often made an interesting observation a while ago which is that black is one of the most selfish colors in magic and the reason they cited for that was that there's so many pips in a lot of their spells like the double black and sometimes even triple black spells yeah there's a lot of them like a lot of the best spells that come out of black are not very splashable. It's no, true. and that's like probably for the best, right? You you don't want Necropotence splashable. You don't want Phyrexian <laughs> You don't want Devourer. Sinkhole to be one in a black. No, you don't. And and you don't want Phyrexian uh, Obliterator. Obliterator to, to cost be... anything other than yeah, two black, 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 black. Right. So uh, that that is true. I think, too, um, that a lot of the times the black cards that don't require a huge color investment, um, they often are... Uh, a little low impact, and, and this is a, a departure from that in, in a lot of ways. This card's good, and yeah, awesome. yeah. I think it's going to see play the, in some control decks and some aggro decks. So yeah, you could basically put it in whatever you want. I was going to say that, you know, the other th thing coming from a deck that I play that is base black, splashing green, is that even then, having something that's a little easier to cast is still good. Oh, totally. Because, like, <clears throat> the ceiling on what I will pay black black for is very high. Mm -hmm. um, like, the one removal spell I'll play is, like, Malicious Affliction because it literally two for ones. Totally. Um, I won't play stuff like, um, what's the one that kills the non-vampire, non-zombie, non-werewolf? Victim of Night. Victim yeah, of night. I won't play Victim of Night even though it hits almost anything. Because, like, Over the Throat is going to do the same thing most of the and time. And it's easier. Yeah. yeah. So I would potentially play this card. Cool. All right, next up, we have the Dead Man's Chest. Uh, this is a two-mana aura for one and a black. Enchant creature on opponent controls. Now, this is wordy. So first up, when enchanted creature dies, exile cards equal to its power from the top of its owner's library. You may cast non-land cards from among them from as long... You may cast non-land cards from among them for as long as they remain exiled, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any type to cast those spells. Jer, tell me about the chest. Uh, so this card's kind of interesting. You, you put it on their creature, then you kill it, then you get cards from their deck. Yeah. Uh, the fact that the cards get exiled and you can't play lands, the fact that the cards get exiled face up and you can't play lands probably means I'm not going to play this card. Yeah. But no, why is that? Uh, just because uh, you want you want to make sure you're getting value. So if you like flip a bunch of lands, this card just didn't do anything. Yeah, okay. And... <clears throat> And the fact that they're face up means your opponent gets information, so they get to play around the cards they know you have I access think there's, to. There's three things that make this kind of bad. The first is, as Jared says, you know, the information is okay. lost. The second one is like you need to put, you need to, a have them have a creature. B, arrange for that creature to die. So the setup cost. You know, 
have it have an amount of or power worth casting it on. Mm -hmm. And then you need to dodge, you know, each of these cards flip being a land. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if I have three power and I get two lands off it, I got one card that I might cast. Okay. Now, now that I'm thinking Assuming. about it, it also non-bows with a bunch of black removal, like oh. Dismember, Moment of Craving, Languish, Because it toxic uses the deluge. last known power and toughness. Exactly. So, so if you have a 5-5, five, five, but then you deluge it, it dies a 0-0. Zero, zero. Dead Man's Chest does nothing. Yeah, yeah. it's just like, this, <laughs> That's is, awkward. this is too much work for not enough benefit, and if I wanted something that was going to gain me card advantage, I could play something like uh, Night's Whisper and, actual, totally. and get actual card yeah. advantage. Yeah. Alright. Well, Night's Whisper is one in a black, sorcery, uh, lose two life, draw two cards. Yeah, so same cost, but... You're always you, going to actually quantity, draw two cards totally. that you, know, you want. Alright, next up we have Mastermind's Acquisition. This one is... I'm just waiting for the... This is a four mana sorcery for two black black, and you get to choose one. One... Search your library for a card. Put it in your hand, just search for it. And the second mode is choose a card you own from outside the game and put that into your hand. Alex? This is the same as Diabolic Tutor and has a mode that cannot be used. Yeah, unfortunately Technically, not. you can choose it. It just doesn't do anything. Yeah, like, <laughs> cast it for Storm count. Um, Storm occasionally plays Diabolic Tutor? They play Diabolic. It's okay. Yeah, most of the time. Would you want to play a second copy? Because this card is... Functionally identical. Probably not. I could see maybe. playing it honestly, because I I've thought about playing like increasing ambition before, which is five mana, four and a black for a search for a card, and then you can flash it back and get two cards. But that's felt that's too slow, basically. Uh, but four mana, it's expensive, obviously, but it's not so expensive that if you're a dedicated combo deck, it's not to it's not worth it. Yeah. I should clarify that uh, by the second ability doing nothing. That's because there in are, Magic Tournament rules, yeah. outside the game means your sideboard, and there are no sideboards in Highlands. Yes, correct. correct. Yes. So in, in formalized formats, outside the game is Thank your sideboard, you and in our format where there is no sideboard, there is no cards to fetch from it. Yeah, any, any of the Wish-type cards yeah. do you very little. technically you, nothing. You may, you may put them in your deck. I don't know why <laughs> you no. would. Yeah, That's they're, they're legal. It's it's kind of cool to see Wizards printing cards like this again. I agree. Uh, cards that refer to stuff outside the game. Like, I think it's interesting that, you know, you're, we're potentially going to live in a standard and modern world. Well, in modern, you already could because of Glittering Wish. But you're gonna, we're going to live in a world where it's standard. People are maybe going to be wishing for cards out of their sideboard. And I think that that's potentially really cool. Yeah. But in Highlander, unfortunately, uh, not not an, a, not an application. But the tutor, the tutor mode, I think people might play it for that. Yeah, it's fine. All right, next up, we have the Oath Sworn Vampire. This is a 2-mana two 2-2, two -two, Vampire Knight. It enters the battlefield tapped, and you may cast it from your graveyard if you gain life this turn. Jared, tell me about this card. Uh, I think this card is maybe good in a couple decks. It's neat, I, right? I, I played Mardu Life Gain a little while ago. It was like a, a mid-range deck with a Life Gain sub-theme. And it's possible if I wanted to grind, I'd, I'd put this card in. Does this maybe get into the Orzhov mid-range deck, or Orzhov aggro deck? It's like, how much yeah. do you want to bear? Well, no, no, no. It's it's not just a bear. It's a bear that comes back. Like yeah, the recur recursive threats are a big deal, especially against mm -hmm. control decks that often aren't gonna stabilize the board, basically ever. They're just gonna bury you like in card advantage, so and if you make them deal with this card like three times. Because one of the the advantages that like black aggro has is its resilience to getting destroyed, like creatures that just come back and are really hard to put away for good, and this goes with that theme. It's a little tricky to activate that ability, but maybe not as tricky as you think, because hmm. 
um, the kind of costs you pay for this sort of stuff is, is like on the easy end, it's stuff like raid for um, Bloodsoak Champion. Yeah. Uh, or playing like, Moment of Craving, you got a little two yeah, card. Or, or like yeah. exile a creature <laughs> yeah. or something like that. This one, I feel like if you have some life linkers or maybe just some incidental ways to, to gain life, I could see you getting this guy back. Like GTA? Yeah, yeah one GTA say. counter gets this guy back into play. Cool. Is there some way to go infinite with this card? I don't think so. I can't think so off the top of my head. I can't think of an effect that sacks a card and gains you life in the same one. That one that we for it. talked about last time, that new... The three mana... Does it make two treasures when your one. thing dies? It only makes one treasure. Yeah. And yeah, it's You need two in play. Uh, so you card? copy it. No, no, you only need one in play. Oh, well, so it's a three-card combo, but you can go infinite with it. That's kind of cool. How? You... Because that only cares if it dies, so you can play, like... Um, the artifact that lets you sack a creature to make two colorless mana. Ashnod's Altar. Ashnod's Altar, and then you also have that, so you make a treasure, and then you gain a life somehow. That that part, I haven't figured <laughs> that so part out So the fourth card. It's fourth card is Aether Flux Reservoir, and then okay. we kill our opponents with no, it. The, 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 you're the card, you're also netting a mana that The way card too, you're right? talking about is uh, um, Soul Warden. Uh, okay. That works too. But you also, need to wait, gain the first life. Yeah, you only need to gain one life to be able to do this. Yeah. Yeah, Aether Flux Reservoir. Okay. Anyway, okay. not a good it's, combo. No. Cool, cool, cool. But right, it is move, a combo. Let's move on. Next up, we... Actually, oh, I'm sorry. No, I just wanted to ask, like, that was in, on the notes anyway, that's in the section of, like, no, this card actually isn't good. Mm. But it sounds like maybe for, it might be. For for Oathsworn Vampire, for that, a lot of these cards, again, there it's, it's, it's worth talking about. It's like, if this card was arguably bad, I don't think we'd talk about it. If there was a card... Well, yeah, because we don't talk about, like, the draft chaff or... Cards that are just awful. Yeah, could this card be Highland irrelevant? Maybe. Quite possibly. I, see someone playing I think the maybes are way more interesting to yeah, discuss. Yeah, like you could put this in a deck. Again, it, it's always like, would you cut a card in an existing deck for it? Maybe not. Could you build around this, or would you see this in Highlander? Totally. Like I look at this card and I'm just <clears> like, how many lifelink cards can I cram into like Black Mold, and how many do I have already? In order that, for that, that ability could, to be relevant, that I could maybe slide this guy in. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. All right, cool, thanks. No, no worries. Uh, next up, we have the Tomb Robber. This is a three mana 1-1 one, one human pirate for two and a black. Uh-huh. It has Menace, which is pretty neat. And then it has this interesting ability, one mana, discard a card, explore. Hmm. Uh, so this is kind of neat. Liam, can you, can you evaluate this card for yeah, me? Yeah, sure. So... Uh... I've, I've certainly not been the strongest proponent for the Explore mechanic, um, but I actually think that this card's pretty interesting because it's a cheap discard outlet, um, and you get something in exchange for discarding, which you, you don't always, right? Like, if you, wanted, mm -hmm. if you wanted to talk about a card like Una's Prowler, where it is a discard outlet, but actually you, you lose something for, for discarding, it is free. This is kind of interesting because um, if you're, like, a reanimator deck, this is a way to get stuff into the bin, or maybe just incidentally, if you want to get stuff into the bin, like... Maybe you're like a green-black mid-range deck where the explorer is actually like kind of relevant, and you're also playing like recurring nightmare and some some others like reanimation effects. Um, like discard a card as a cost is actually um, a lot better than than some other costs because putting cards in the bin is actually super relevant at times. So, for example, if this was one in tap, totally M different card. Much would not be interested, I don't think. Yeah. In the same the, in the same way. The issue I think I have is that this guy costs three. Yeah. And surely you want your discard outlets to be cheaper than that. 
mm, in like the super dedicated reanimator deck, maybe, but like having a ha having a discard outlet that is a real card is maybe worth the three mana, right? Like this, the fact that this like after you reanimate your thing starts getting in and has menace, like that's that's pretty hot. The and menace is great. The fact that it can die to fork bolt and take something else kind of yeah, hurts. that feels awful. Like if you go bird into this and then they kill both your things, it's awful. But yeah. like. Also, this is, this is pretty reasonable late game because it just lets you use all your mana to chain lands into your next spells. So you can, if you have this in play, you can virtually guarantee you're drawing spells. The That's second the second thing about the explore ability, uh, specifically with Reanimator, is if you reveal a Reanimator target off of Explore, you can bin it. Yeah. So it's just like if you're in a graveyard, if you're in a deck that cares about your graveyard, Explore is more relevant than you might think. It's yeah. not just setting up your next draw, it's also fueling your graveyard, which is pretty cool. Yep. Um, I don't know if this is a neat card. It's not spicy, but it's close. It's okay. All right, uh, let's move on to our next color. Uh, I'm seeing... Uh, we're on to red here. Our first red card, we have the Rekindling Phoenix. This is a 4-mana four 4-3 four, for 2 red red. It's a phoenix, like the name says. It has flying, and it has a very interesting ability. When it dies... You create a 0-1 red elemental token that has the line of text at the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice this token, and return target card named Rekindling Phoenix from your graveyard to the battlefield, and the Phoenix gains haste until end of turn. Alex, what do you think of this card? I like recursive threats. Yep. Um, I, w I just wonder if this one is good enough. Because, okay, so two red red, you get a 4-3 flyer. Evasion is pretty cool. Yep. Um... If it's killed, you need to untap with this O1. Uh, like, I suppose that's not super hard to defend. Like, in order for them to kill it, then the O1, they have to two for one themselves. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's 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 at least a two for one at best. I, I think the card that this most analogously compares with is Death Pact Angel. What's that? Uh, it's oh, from, yeah. It's from Return to Ravnica. Yeah. It's like th two black, black, white, white. You said Death? Packed yeah, death angel? Packed death angel. packed angel. Yeah. Um, it's definitely better than that card. It's though. way better than that card. So this was like, oh, sorry, it's three white, black, black. So this is a 5-5 five, five flyer that when it dies, you put a 1-1 one, one white and black cleric token into play that has pay the mana cost again, a tap and sack it to return it to the battlefield. Hmm. And so, like, if you look at these two cards next to each other, I mean, the Phoenix is, like, incredible. Because you get, you get it for better. free. Right, exactly. I, I don't know. I don't think it, yeah, the token's sick. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. I don't think it's totally unreasonable to expect to get the Phoenix back occasionally. I think the the question with this card is uh, if you're paying four mana for a four drop that's double red, is this as good as a lot of the other options sure. that we yeah. have? Chandra and, and or a haste creature, Nagro like deck, fiery confluence, or even Ashcloud Phoenix, which is also very good. Mm. Um, famously exclaimed, "Not Ashcloud Phoenix." Um, yeah, I guess just like what deck wants to play this. I, I could see playing this in our base red mid-range deck, actually. Yeah. The, the more I think about it, it's, like, so easy to get a two-for-one against control. They never want to let it resolve, and if they do, it's a huge pain. Huge pain. Cool token. I, I actually, yeah, I think, like, Mono Red Death and Taxes actually probably likes I, this card. I was, I was mm. almost going to say that, actually. Yeah, I think mm. that that's, that's, that's actually a probably okay. pretty good shell for this like, card. Yeah, Even, like, medium to big red, like, that cares about the, the flying <laughs> dragon. Medium <laughs> large red. <laughs> so what yeah. would medium like, rare? Like, not Eldrazi big red, but, like, dragon big red. Sure. Maybe probably wants So this. I guess, like, this is a sort of, like, 
card that makes it into like weirdo red decks. Yeah. And mono red. I think if it had haste on the on the first go around, oh, this card would be so good. insane. Yeah. yeah. I, it would I be think like, that's a good reason why it's not it would be there. Like yeah. Eight out of ten play this in every red deck. Yeah. But like the fact that it has haste when it comes back is also a big deal. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this card's interesting for sure. Yeah. All right, let's move on. The next card we have is C red. And actually I was going to say I'm I'm seeing red as a segue to move over to it. And then I read that the second card we had was C red. <laughs> and I couldn't segue into a color and then uh, you, you just like couldn't bear to break alphabetical order. Yeah. So anyways, C red is an aura. Uh, it's a two mana aura for one and a red. Uh, enchanted creature gets plus two plus one and has first strike. And at the beginning of your end step, if you didn't attack with a creature this turn, not this creature, uh, sacrifice C red. Jer, tell me about this card. Uh, so you this want card- this card, right? I do. Okay. Uh, I think this card is pretty easy to get in a bunch of damage with. Uh, it makes your creature Better. basically impossible to beat in combat. It gives it plus two power and first strike. Mm. And if your creature's not winning combat at that point, it was never winning combat ever. <laughs> um, yeah, that's fair. It, you, you are going to get two for one to bunch when you play this. Yeah. Uh, so Because you're in red. Well, mm. just because you're... Your opponent's going to want to kill the creature that this is on, and then you're going to lose two cards for their one card. Would you play this over Madcap Skills? Now, Madcap Skills is great, because it's one of the few red auras I see a lot in Highlander. Uh, so Madcap Skills, uh, somebody remind me what it does. It's plus so three plus O and Menace. Yeah, yeah I thought so, it was a single red. It's, it's, no, it's, it's one, one in a red. It's one in yeah. a yeah. red. Yeah, so Madcap Skills, really, really strong. You see that card often in the Goblins deck, occasionally in red deck wins. Because uh, Infect, the, I think, likes this card. Yeah, because Madcap Skills is an insane clock, and it provides evasion. So this is the nearest comparison for and, C-Red. And so the reason I think C-Red may see play over Madcap Skills is because if your opponent ever has two creatures in play, they're instantly throwing it in front of the Madcap Skills creature, and then you're getting two for two. Okay. You're trading, if, if they have to block. But there's a reasonable chance that they need more than two creatures to kill the creature with C-Red. Interesting. Hmm. Because if you, if you put it on a two-power creature, like, say you put it on a 2-2, two -two, yeah. which is, like, a pretty conservative base case. Your creatures are usually better than that. Sure. Uh, then you have a 4-3, so they need better than two 2-2s two to block it. Yeah, the, the advantage that Madcap Experiments has, if you go turn on skills. one drop, Madcap Skills goes... <sighs> Can't stop talking about that stupid card. You go turn yeah, one. That one card's drop. pretty good against. They play a blocker on turn one. If you play Madcap Skills on turn two, you can attack and they can't block because of the evasion. Yeah. So Madcap Skills gives you the advantage of a quicker clock because of that use case. It this is. gives you an advantage of of more prolonged, better combat, but not necessarily the clock because they're almost guaranteed going to block this well, on what, turn one. So you prevent yourself on four damage. What one drop is a Highlander deck playing that they want to block a creature with on? On turn one. Yeah, I mean, if, you're, if it's, it's if probably it's... a mana creature and they're not blocking. Okay, 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 fair. Right. Or if they do, it's still good for you. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. You're, you're making up the card eventually. All right, let's move on. Next up, we have Tillinali's Summoner. This is a two mana, one, one human shaman for one and a red. It has Ascend. And it has this very wordy ability. Whenever it attacks, you may pay X and red. If you do, create X, one, one red elemental creature tokens that are tapped and attacking. At the beginning of your next end step, exile those tokens unless you have the city's blessing. Liam, tell me about this card. So, I think the, the theory, I had a couple people tweet at me about this card and comment about it, and I think 
What some people were talking about using this card in is like in an aristocrat shell. Mm -hmm. So you have a sack outlet on board, you attack with this, you make some one ones, and then you get to sack them for value. Um, I I think that the the big problem with this card is that it's just too expensive. Um, yeah, it's too. I think it's too expensive, and I think it's too vulnerable because you like cast this, untap with it, turn it sideways, pay like I don't know eight. Well, you're not, not going to get to eight. You're not going to get to eight. I think two. your reasonable yeah. case is like you pay three. Yeah, okay. You know, you tap out at four mana and you make three one ones in this and they block this every time. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, um, I, I was really surprised to see that this didn't have like menace or something like that to yeah. make it like situation, like like at least harder to it block. It might accidentally survive. This, yeah, this exactly. is getting to attack once. Yeah, yes. exactly. So I, I think that's the big problem. It just doesn't do enough. And I think Alex hit the nail on the head is that it's just, it, it's not good on turn two because then you don't have enough mana to, to act, use, it. use its ability yeah, and you're you not going to have the city city's blessing. Yeah, you would, and by the time you play it later, a 1-1 one, one just is never going to survive. Yeah. Like, as somebody who brews um, aristocrats a lot, I would rather pay a little bit more mana for something that just has more bodies attached to it. Sure. Than something that you know I could have as a mana sink. or even the same. Compare this yeah. to Mog War Marshal. It's already oh yeah like, three bodies yeah, in itself. No, Mog like, War Marshal is just like three creatures and will always be three creatures. I mean the other comparison, if I'm trying to picture a deck would put this in, is um, what's the the two one for one that makes all the one ones? Oh, um, when uh, you cast uh, a spell. Young Pyromancer. Young Pyromancer. Sure, yeah. So Young Pyromancer is, is as I said, uh, a two one for one and a red, and whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, you make a one one elemental. Um, so I think that's it's, the same mana cost, it's the same token strategy, but it, it's... It's so much better because you don't have to attack with the creature. Yeah. It has two power. Yeah. Um, and you can, like, you're, you're getting a free bonus that's actually quite good off of something you would do anyway. The ability to attack with the tokens but keep the Empiremancer back and yeah. be able to keep generating tokens is, is a massive world of difference compared to the summoner. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's move on to green. And, uh, hey, Alex. Yeah. Uh, do you like dinosaurs? Uh, I'm sort of medium on them. Okay, what about what about giant replicating dinosaurs? Okay. Let me tell you about the Polyraptor. This is an 8-mana 5-5 five, five dinosaur for 6 green-green. That's not a great ratio. So it has an interesting enrage ability. Whenever it's dealt damage, create a token that's a copy of Polyraptor. So if it's dealt damage once, you now have two 5-5s five, that mm -hmm. both have that ability. If they're both dealt damage, now you have four dinosaurs that both have that ability. Yep. Um, like, this card seems nuts. This card is Samael the Desolate One. I don't think it is nuts. I think it's like a million mana to maybe eventually take over the game. <clears throat> yeah. Like, it's eight. And to even start doing something useful, like you, you cast it for eight, you untap with it, you attack, you know, you ho maybe your opponent doesn't even block because it's like if you've gotten to eight mana and you're just like a five five, like attack, I sure won't block that, and then you know get you with whatever I have going on. It, yeah, it definitely needs setup to to, yeah. to really do what you want it, it needs, to do. It needs setup. I think it it needs your opponent's interaction in a way that they're not going to agree to. <laughs> yeah, and of course, uh, there's the standard, there's the, the the limited combo right now, which is it and the three mana guy that whenever dinosaur comes into four play. Mana. Four, four mana. Four, four mana, one, three. Four runner of the dinos, the, I don't know. The dinosaur thing. <laughs> yeah. The empire, maybe? Four runner of the empire. Yes. So this is a four mana, one, three for three and a red human soldier. <laughs> 
When Forerunner the Empire enters the battlefield, you may search for Dinosaur, and whenever a Dinosaur enters the battlefield under your control, you may have Forerunner the Empire deal one damage to each creature. So this does that, is... Does that go infinite? It, well, no, no because no, eventually the Forerunner the dies to the dies. damage. Okay, yeah. but it makes a whole ton of power. Yeah, you it, makes, get eight. it makes eight Dinos. You get 40 power. Wait, that's not how math works. That is how that, math that works. I math. Works. It's one, two, four, eight. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, there are a lot of really cool interactions with it, but in a 100-card singleton... I, I have a judge question about this card. Yes. Um, when it says make a copy, like, let's say I give mine haste somehow. Does the copy also have haste? No. no. So you can't, like, sneak attack this out and go infinite or anything yeah. like that? No. no. The, the, the way a copy works is literally copy the text of the card. Okay. So if anything, if there's a plus one, plus one counter on it, if you've added some extra stuff. Uh, so a perfect example is if you have... Uh, 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 like a, a creature land that you can animate, and you've animated that creature land, and then you clone that, your your clone comes into play as an unanimated, probably tapped version of that land, as the, as the card is printed, not as its current state is. Yeah. I had that judge call last night. Yeah. <laughs> I think that this, ultimately this card just suffers from what uh, a lot of these overcasted cards <clears throat> suffer from, is that just like they don't do enough for what you're paying for them. And there's actually effects that cost less to do way more. Sure, like, yeah, like Splinter Twin looks at this and laughs. Yeah, or, or, I mean, even just like casting Primeval Titan for two mana less, like, you get so much. Yeah. Or like things with comparable mana costs, like you could play... Um, Crater uh, of Behemoth. Yeah, Crater of Behemoth. Sure. You could play um, the Avenger of Zendikar. Well, I like to think of cards not you only know. in their best case scenario, because you can think of a lot of best case scenarios for yeah. this card. We just talked about a two card combo, you, you're like, you're taking things over. Yeah. You also have to evaluate a card in its worst case scenario, yeah. which is you draw this into an empty board, or your opponent's a head on board, and you're just like, well, ugh. Or, or the, the worst case scenario maybe is like they have a maze of it or something. Sure. And, and yeah. flyers or something. I, yeah, like, then you paid eight mana for a five five. I think, though, that this is one of those cards that I, I mean, I say I will, but I'm hoping that I'll be able to, like, keep this one in mind, because this is, like, the kind of card that, like, maybe gets broken by oh, sure. another card getting printed, right? You can make a sweet deck. You can put this in your in, in any deck that plays Pyroclasm as removal. Oh, but. well, I, I even mean, like there, like, there might be an effect printed that, like, who knows, right? Like, maybe there's an effect printed that gives, that, like, uh, when your creatures enter the battlefield, they take two damage and gain haste. Like, and, then no, that, yeah. and then that goes infinite, right? Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. That's, well, that's just a drawn game. Is it? Is it? Oh, yeah, because you can never stop the loop. They never stop creating. <laughs> yeah, at no point do you actually get to attack. <laughs> the Polyraptors, they're it infinite. It has, it has to be a May. Sure, it'd have to be a May. But, like, that kind of card could get printed, right? That's really funny. Um, and if that happened, then all of a sudden this card gets way more interesting. Um, if you, like, yeah. like sure. it maybe it's an enchantment or something. I guess it's just, like, you're, you're still stuck with the, the mana cost conundrum. Because, and then if, you, if you're if you're cheating it into play, there's better things you can cheat yeah. into play. No, maybe. Right. So I, I think uh, it's worth Let's move moving. on. Yeah. Uh, so next up, we have the Tender Shoot Dryad. This card is a 5-mana 2-2 two -two Dryad. Uh, for 4 and a green, it has Ascend. It has the following text. At the beginning of each upkeep, so your upkeep and your opponent's upkeep, create a 1-1 one -one Saprolene. Saprolines you control get plus 2, plus 2 as long as you have the City's Blessing. Now, a lot of people in the comments and over Twitter are like, this card is nuts, right? Jared, tell me about this card. I think it's reasonable. Yeah. Uh, I think it's possible to cease playing hoofs sometimes. Uh, the one big downside is that it, you, it's really vulnerable to the cards that are really good against hoof, which is like red, cheap red sweepers. Arc Trail, mm. Pyroclasm. Yeah, the, those types of things. Uh, but it does do what that deck wants to do, which is create a, a lot of creatures pretty 
pretty quickly. Yeah, this makes um, Gaia's Cradle pretty good. Yeah, and and Crater of Behemoth yeah. and so on and so you forth. You know, I look at this card and I, the one that I think of is um, a Deranged Hermit. Yeah, it, it does a pretty pretty reasonable Deranged it's kind of similar, Hermit. Although, like, it's less mana impression. investment because yeah, Deranged Hermit is three green echo. green. Is it a two two I, or a one one? It's a one one. It's a one one. And and it makes two two squirrels while it's in play. I think it's closer to Whisperwood Elemental. That's the, that's oh, the okay, closer. Yeah. Yeah, to, to analog to Whisper Wheel Elemental is a really good analog. It's, it's a, so that one's the, a yeah. three green green for a four four. At the beginning of your end step, manifest the top card of your library. So you put the top card of your library face down onto the battlefield. Uh, it's a two two, and you can pay the mana cost of that card to flip it up if it's a creature. Sure. And it also has an additional ability, which is really good, which is sacrifice Whisper Wheel Elemental until end of turn. Uh, face up non-token creatures you control. Gain when this creature dies, manifest the top card of your library. So basically, really non-token, non-manifest cards get to manifest when they die this turn. So it is on the on the other side. This card is really good against cheap sweepers. Yeah, yeah, I, totally. I, I do think the one thing with the the tender shot or tender shoot, I guess, dad, yeah. is um, you know I've been sort of critical of the send. Uh, in the show, and I, I think that it is going to be difficult to hit in an average game, but the decks that this card's going to go in are going to be good at hitting Ascend, and this card really helps you hit well, Ascend it, quite It fuels quickly. its I, own ability. I um, agree, and that's that's something I wanted to come back to, is that, as you were mentioning earlier, it's not necessarily easy to hit Ascend, and I think Hoof is a deck that's going to hit Ascend. Yeah, way more And this card is a card else. that's going to hit Ascend, so when you combine those two things, it's going to reliably like, hit. I look at this and I think the worst case scenario is you untap with this and you're at eight. Life? Maybe no 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 oh, at eight permanence. permanent. Okay. Eight permanence. Maybe going yeah. to nine because you like the worst case I can think of is you go forest 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 this thing untap have made two guys. Yeah. Like that's the worst and you could easily get better than that. I mean no the worst case is you go like land elf land mana dork mana dork. And then you play this, and then they kill your things. And they power class. You've got two lands, no cards in hand, no more. No, the worst is you're like, oh, I have 99 cards, I get a game loss. No, no, no. no. I, I, but I mean, the situation where you get to play it. That's sure. Yes. Okay, that's I'm, I'm kidding. The card is interesting. The card is playable. Uh, it is maybe not the best five drop in the decks that want to play it, but definitely go nuts and tell us how it goes. Just having two toughness is so brutal. Oh, it's five drop. Like, it's exciting, but it also dies to shock. And that's, that's kind of scary. And, and the fact that when... Even if you have Ascend, if they Pyroclasm, this dies, yeah. and then all your Sapperlings also, also die. So. All right, let's move on to our next card. Next up, we have another tribal card. We have the Deep Root Elite. I was like, what's that word I wrote down there? Oh, right, Elite. That's how you spell that word. Ooh. This is a two-mana 1-1 one, one for one and a green. It's a Merfolk Warrior. And whenever another Merfolk enters the battlefield under your control, Put a plus one, plus one counter on target Merfolk you control. Not even this one. Yeah. This Combo. is really cool because it's like, um, uh, what's the, there's a human that does this. Uh, oh, there's the, the, the one, one drop? drop? Yeah, the one drop. Uh, da, 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 champion da. the Parish. Well, champion the Parish champion only gets the counter. Yeah it, it, yeah, it itself gets the counter. That's why this one's interesting is because you can put the counter anywhere you want, like on your guys that have uh, Island Walk or uh, are unblockable or something. Or True Name Nemesis. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, also, that's where you want to put those counters. Just yeah. that True Name. The one awkward thing, though, is that on the other hand, it's going to stay a 1-1 one, one for a long time. So, I mean, maybe that doesn't matter because like it's contributing its power elsewhere that's going to get in anyway. Well, I'm just saying it dies easily. Yeah. So yeah. this is a two-mana pseudo-lord. 
Now, is this is this an not a lord? No, I think, I think that's, that's generous. Uh, okay, yeah. so okay, that's, that's... I, I think this card's good. Like I think the the it's the, good in Merfolk. Yeah, the Merfolk deck is gonna play this card, but like if they play this and then a two mana lord, I'm killing the two mana lord first every time. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, like this card's decent, but it, it's awkward because it's like oh it's whenever okay it's on ETB. I thought it was when it, when you cast a Merfolk, and I was gonna say that's potentially kind of awkward, but yeah, I I mean this is gonna help pump up the boards, make them bigger. All right. Next up, we're on to gold. Gold. And the I card we're going to talk about is Path of Metal. Not metal spelled M-E-T-A-L, but M-E-T-T-L-E. Yeah, don't even worry about it. Dark this drops. is a red-white legendary enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, it deals one damage to each creature that doesn't have first strike, double strike, vigilance, or haste. Okay. Whenever you attack with at least two creatures that have first strike, double strike, vigilance, and or haste, transform it. And on the back side, we have Metzal, Tower of Triumph. You can tap to add one mana of any color. You can pay one and a red and have it deal two damage to an opponent. Or you can pay two and a white and tap. Choose a creature at random that attack this turn and destroy that creature. So this card is something that a lot of people what a weird card. mentioned about. This yeah. is a card that originally we didn't think was neat. But this is a card that suddenly has been making quite a ripple in standard. Uh, Jer, why is, why is this card seen play? Uh, so it's seeing play in standard because a lot of the one drops have some of those abilities and it it sort of does a reasonable Ramanap ruins impression that a card that just got banned in standard okay uh, it just gives you a way to uh, interact with your opponent after you've sort of ran out of gas you can just keep tapping it to deal two damage to them hmm. uh, the downside I see for this in Highlander is that a lot of the one drops are two ones, especially mm -hmm. in red and white. Yeah, two ones with and no ability. Don't have those abilities. Mm -hmm. So I find it hard pressed for this to see play in Highlander because this is clearly an, an aggressive card. And I just don't think it, it lines up with the way the red white decks in Highlander look. Yeah, like I think the, the, the scenario you want to have is that you cast this as a one sided, uh, like mini pyroclasm. But the kind of cards you would want to play in a low to the ground deck, you would really easily shoot yourself in the foot with this. Yeah. It's just like, I, I think that it, they, again, just like missed on some of the keywords that are going to be relevant. It's not like the actual worst. Like if you look at like a lot of the white threats, the white threats are going to hit a lot of these, but the red threats are the ones that are really going to struggle. There's basically no keywords on, on most of those threats other than haste is the one that's going to come up sometimes. Yeah. The other thing I think about this card is that even when you flip it, like... In Highlander, that second ability doesn't doesn't often come up, right? The white destroy a random creature that attacked you this turn. It's it's too expensive. That one's so weird. It's yeah. really weird. It's so, but it's expensive. It's the big issue, right? It's going to cost you four mana, and the spending two mana to deal two damage to each opponent is okay. But again, it's actually three mana, right? Because you've got to tap this land as well. Mm -hmm. And so, if you're choosing between using the, this land, this land is sort of free though. Like sure, but but it's still just like, are you spending the two mana? Are you spending three mana on a turn to do this, or are you yeah. deploying and, a spell? And, and the the reason this is so powerful in standard is because like, you can conceive you're you're regularly flipping this on turn three. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. Well, because you can stack your deck with threats it, that have it, those it, keywords. Exactly, and you can put a bunch of these in your deck, so it like does. You can reliably like plan your deck to reliably have it. Yeah. But in Highlander, it's just so much harder with both the singleton nature of you you're. You can't build around this because you only have one, so it's just not worth it. 
Yeah, and I think that thing... to make this card work, you would have to water down the quality of your includes so much that the deck would be terrible. Well, and also, you're just not always going to draw this, right? That That's what Jarrah's getting at, is mm. that, like, you only have one and it's 100 cards, and so you don't want to design your deck to high roll having this every single game, but make it your deck, like, on average worse. You'd rather just have a consistent yeah. deck, especially when you're playing aggro. And, and, and as Liam was mentioning earlier, like, while it's nice to have this flipped in play, uh, it's not actually, like, the biggest payoff either. Especially for Hunter. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It, especially for the challenge of getting that done. All right, let's so move that on. Second, that oh, second oh. ability can get around um, Shroud and Hexproof, though. It can. Kills true name, but, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it kills a possible true name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, again, uh, just in conclusion on that card, definitely worth talking about. Mm -hmm. um, but it also shows sometimes that uh, not every good card in one format is transferable to another format. Yeah. Uh, so our next gold card we have is Zakama, the Primal Calamity. This is a huge oh. dinosaur, an elder dragon. Dragon. Dinosaur. Elder dinosaur. dinosaur. This is not EDH. Nope. Um, it costs nine. It costs six Naya. It is a nine-nine. It has Vigilance, Reach, Trample. When it enters the battlefield, if you cast it, untap all lands you control. And it has three more abilities. Two in a red. Deal three damage to target creature. Two in a green. Deal, destroy target artifact or enchantment, and two and a white, gain three life. Uh, Liam. So, uh, the reason that this card has been thrown to me is because I said I'd play it in high tide. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, what? Yeah, yeah, it untaps Untap all, lands. all lands. I don't know why they had to what? screw me by putting this if you cast it text in. And, and having no, it not cost blue? No, no, that's fine. That part's very manageable. Uh, no, but the <laughs> if you cast it part means that it's right out. Um, and I don't know why they had to do that. Why does it have to be if you cast it? Is someone because breaking this? Because it's busted if it's not. Is no, it? It's totally fine. You need is a it? bunch of lands in you play for this to be good. nine mana. Uh, nine! I'll, do you know what deck this card does go into? What? It's, it's a five-color five heartbeat spring. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. You guys it's... were almost perfectly synchronized there. Well, I was going to say heartbeat of spring storm. I want to I wanna play this in a deck with Caracas. <laughs> Stop it. You just go infinite? Yeah. I, I've actually been thinking about jamming all the, the mana flares into a deck and So the nice thing about happens. this in a mana flare deck is if you go infinite, oh, it's damage to it. a creature. You yeah, can't you can't it. kill them with it. I know. Yeah, that's uh, what I was saying, too. If it was, you if can it was infinite life. Gain, gain life. Yeah, yeah but that's so boring. It, it also doesn't actually <laughs> win the game. Like, there's a bunch of decks in Highlander that can beat infinite life. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you wipe their yeah. board, you gain infinite life, you destroy most of their permanents, but you don't win. Well. <laughs> I would say, from like a a design perspective, this is a really cool card. The three heads. Oh, yeah. Like the three heads, the nine power, cast. you know, you like cast, cast it and then you untap and then you can get these three effects in any sort of combination. It's almost like it uh, has its own sort of like command attached to it. It's yeah. like, you know, pick from these modes, you can choose each one. Yeah, it's more like a confluence. Less. Yeah. So, like, that's neat. And it's going to be something you want. It's like, oh, I could gain nine life or blow up three artifacts or enchantments or like wrath your creatures. I, I do actually think this card is good in the, in the five color heartbeat of uh, spring storm deck. So that's like a deck that's playing all the mana flares, like Marari's uh, Wake, Mana Flare, Heartbeat of Spring, Karametra's. Uh, yeah, Karametra's. Dictative Karametra. Dictative Karametra. Like all of them. And yes. then you're basically just looking to jam on your opponent. Uh, this deck is. Uh, 
not good. Well, it's okay. It, it's sort of the ultimate roller coaster, uh. right? Like. You take all of the consistency yeah. out of high tide and you add explosiveness. So this, and then you, this, you play a bunch of draw you, sevens. It's not even like, what do I get? I'm gonna roll the dice. <laughs> being honest, yeah, no, I, I, those decks. There's a lot of that's a lot of powerful nothing. That's one of those things you're like, make well, infinite mana, draw thirty cards, pass. Yeah, it's well, like, it's, it's either powerful nothing or powerful something. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of times you have to be like. Play a mana flare, hope you don't have anything. Yeah, and yeah. Like and give you the you. turn or they kill yeah, you. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Yeah. Next up, we have uh, back to our tribal section. Komena, Tyrant of Orzaka. This Araska. is... Araska. What? Man, they you got, got it the first time. Stop putting these... Oh, I spelled it wrong in my notes. I wrote Orzaka, and there it says Orzaka. <laughs> you know, this sounds like a you problem, not a... This is a Raska problem. <laughs> this is a three mana, two, four legendary merfolk shaman for one green blue. It has a bunch of words. Tap another merfolk you control. Tap an Un untapped. Untapped. <laughs> tap an untapped merfolk you control. Kumena can't be blocked. Tap three untapped merfolk you control. You get to draw a card. And finally, if you tap five untapped merfolk you control, put a plus one plus one counter on each merfolk you control. Liam, take it away. So this card's sweet, and it definitely. Uh, uh, a marquee card in the Merfolk deck, which prior to this set wasn't actually blue-green. It was blue-white. Oh, yeah. It was blue-white. Green has made it so You think they're playing Bant now? Or are they just no, are they dropping white? No, I think white? they're just playing blue-green. So they, they used to be playing Bant. They used to be playing blue-white and only splashing, like, Sig, um, River Guide. Edric. Stoneforge Mystic. Stoneforge Mystic actually yeah. was the, the other white Edric's card. Edric's not white. Yeah. Sorry, I thought it was it was blue white, but it was mono blue with a white splash. Yeah, would you tell me? And yeah. now they're gonna drop that white splash. For the and, green and, the, and now it's probably just gonna be blue green, yeah, right? Cool. Not not mono blue with a green splash. It's just gonna be a hard blue, blue green. green. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and this is one of the reasons to do it. So this card, it's got a nice body on its own. It's a two four, so it's I like that four toughness. Yeah, yeah, not that easy to kill. Um, gets in on its own, which is pretty nice. And then one of the problems that you can sometimes have in these tribal decks is that if you end up in the mid range mirrors where both you and your opponents have big creatures, you just kind of stare at each other, and uh, Kumena helps you break the the symmetry of those board stalls because you can just add a counter to your team a or couple draw, of or times. Or just start drawing more cards. Start drawing more cards. Cool. But there's, it gives you a lot of options yeah, totally. in those board stall situations. So yeah, this card's great. Also worth noting, um, you can do it the turn it enters play. So yep. you That's can put spicy. it into play, tap some other stuff, and, and get that effect right start away, which is also value. quite nice. Alright, next up we have Merfolk Mistbinder. I'm going to wait for a second for the card to be ready. This is a 2-mana two 2-2 two, two Merfolk Shaman for a green and a blue. And other Merfolk you control get plus 1, plus 1. It's nuts! Jer? Yep. Play it in Merfolk. Done. It's copy number 3 of uh, Master of the Pearl Trident. Not quite. It doesn't give Island Walk, which is super relevant oh, that's text. A shame. But Still, it's a 2-mana Lord. It's yep. super hot. It's good. Yep, card's good. Next up, we have Legion Lieutenant. This is another lord. This is a two-mana vampire lord for if white and black. If you guessed Legion Lieutenant as which vampire would feature in the set. Yeah. Other vampires you control get plus one, plus one. Alex, is it the day of Vampire Lander? It's nuts. Um, <laughs> I love it. It's the, it's, oh, I love it. Yeah, it's the same card as the previous one. Uh, it's close. Matthew Greer sent me a Mardu Vampires list that I have not looked at yet. Sorry, Matthew. Um... I feel like this could be close. The thing that is a little challenging is that it looks like it's spreading into three colors, which is the same frustration I had with uh, zombies. Is Amoncat came out, I was like, new zombies, and they're, they're white. white. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that having been said, like this card is obviously bonkers in a tribal deck. Like a two mana lord that's a 2-2 two -two is just insane. Uh, 
whether there's a sufficient density of like white vampires. Uh, Only one way to find out. I think that this is especially enticing though for the vampire tribal deck because uh, vampires go super wide. With with merfolk, so many of them make tokens. Yeah, yeah. like with merfolk, getting another lord is obviously very good, but oftentimes. At least the Highlander yeah. Merfolk deck was actually this kind of disruptive tempo deck, whereas the the Vampires deck is going to be this like base white, go wide, make a bunch of tokens. Totally. Uh, kind base of, white? I think it is base white. No, Ooh, I think it's base black still. Like the best vampires you can play are black. I think a lot of the new white ones are really yeah, good. Yeah, the white yeah. black Marin Fen is really insane. I think it's definitely base white black. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe that's right. Because remember like Splashing Blood, Blood Gast yeah, okay. and. Um, uh, yeah, but sure I don't think you build around Bloodgast. Yeah, yeah. Bloodgast might be. I mean, it like comes back. It, but like, but are you an aggro Drana deck? Drana is one of the best cards. So the, in that yeah, so if you're looking, true, if you're looking at this vampire deck, are you are you a mid range deck playing a token strategy going wide? Are you an aggro deck with you're your top? You're curve? an aggro deck, I think. Mm. I don't know. That's a, that's a weird part. You have to really I, evaluate. I'm not sure that's, your density is high enough to be a full on aggro. That's what I'm saying. There's a ton of the one mana two power creatures, but. I don't think there's enough density of lords or threats to make that the heart of your deck. I think most of the really good cards you have in Vampires right now are your Planeswalkers. You've got two Sorens at four mana, one Soren at six mana. You've got a bunch of insane four and five mana, like Vampire Lords, like the, uh, what's the four mana two two that poops out Vampires that flips and lords them all? It's a four mana three three flyer. Even better! Uh, it's, um... Bloodline Keeper. Bloodline, Bloodline Keeper. Keeper. Like, that card's insane, and that card's good enough to almost see play in mid-range. I don't know yeah. if the Vampire deck is necessarily an aggro deck or a go-wide token strategy. Well, there, there just needs to be more cheap vampires for it to be, like, really cemented yeah. as an aggro deck. And that's one of the things Alex and I found when we were brewing it, is it felt like there are two decks, and you couldn't really reconcile them. There's mm -hmm. so many great, cheap, aggressive ones. Yeah, it's going in two directions, and, like, 50% of the good cards are in each pile, and you're just like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I need twice as many cards or half these cards to be... Yeah. One or the other. All right, Alex, I want you to talk about the very last card we have in our set review today. That's the only artifact we're going to talk about. It's the Golden Guardian. This is a four mana, four, four golem. Mm -hmm. It has Defender. And for two mana, it fights another target creature you control. And when the Golden Golem dies this turn, Golden return Guardian. to the... Pardon me? Guardian. What did I say? Golem. When the golem dies this turn, <laughs> return to the battlefield transformed under your control. And on the other side, we have the Gold Forge Garrison. It's a land. Add two mana of any one color to your mana pool, or pay four and tap it. Create a 4-4 four, four colorless golem token. Could you flip this over again? All right. I want to tell you a story. <laughs> uh, when I read this, yeah. uh, there were two... Key there were three words. words that I did not read on this card. Right, what was the first word you missed? Defender. Okay, that's a big one. That okay. It's, the other two hard words. Okay. The other two words were you control. Mm. <laughs> mm. Three I words take this from being like it's insane to oh. I feel I was denied key yeah. need to know. Yeah, like I glanced at this and I was like, this is super sweet, and now it's just like. Even if you leave Defender on it, this card is still Yeah, great. I agree. If it was if it was just like fight something else, this card I, would be I read insane. Defender, but I didn't read you control the first time I read it, and I was like, what have they done? So yeah. let, let's agree. The other side of this card is insane. The other yeah. side of this card is really, this card efficiently, it really, 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 yeah, really the good. The other side of this is completely bonkers. Like this side is so good. Yep. They're like so, 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 so it good. It adds two mana. Yeah, of any color, not even colorless. Yeah. Like any that's, color. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really, really strong. But the front side. So it's just like 
What deck plays this? What deck wants to fight what its deck, own stuff? Yeah, what deck wants you know to... what deck wants to fight this? Oh, the Polyraptor deck. Stop <laughs> it. Okay, you know what you could do? This Stop is, it. This is kind of cool. You could be like an artifact deck. Um, Stuffy Doll. No, you, you put... Uh, I mean, Stuffy Doll's okay, but you could play like Suchi. Like the things that like when they die, they make mana. And then you could oh, like sort no. of go off on the turn. You like fight your own Suchi, it dies, you get some mana, <laughs> so make great, a 4-4. Four, four. The great part of the Stuffy Doll deck is Stuffy Doll never <laughs> kills your Golden Guardian. You pay two, deal four damage to an opponent. You just pay that over and over if you got a bunch of mana. Yeah, that's true, you can stack wait, it, you that's kind of hot. Oh, n hang on. So Stuffy Doll, wait, wait, let's, wait, let's wait, go wait, back wait, to Stuffy Doll. Stuffy Doll is a five mana construct, zero one. As it enters the battle fleet, Battle play. Play, when eh? it enters play, choose a player. It's indestructible. Anytime Stuffy Doll is dealt damage, deal it to the chosen player instead. And it has the ability you can tap and deal damage to itself. Surge. Yes? This doesn't work. Why? It can't deal damage back to the golem. You don't flip you don't the golem. Flip it. You, you just don't. keep you punching the, the golem, golem over and over. Oh, okay. You just, it's two mana, right? You just two. pay two mana to deal four damage to your opponent. Okay. That's actually kind of hot. Yeah. I, I don't dislike that. The Stuffy Doll Golden yeah. Guardian combo? combo? I mean, to, yeah. you only need this five mana thought. to Okay, to uh, let's go back to, back to Alex here. To, to finish this insane thought, Suchi is a four mana, four four uh, artifact uh, creature. Yeah. When it dies, you get four generic mm, mana. I see, so the Suchi kills the Golem, eh? And if you get, this, you get the four the mana to instantly produce the other Golem on the wait, other wait, side? Wait, what does, what does the Golden Guardian say again? Doesn't it do, doesn't the other thing fight? Like, it, it's actually a fight, right? Yeah, they yeah. both die. They both so they both die, so that's no bueno. Oh, no, no it's fine, because you get the four no, mana. Oh, you want it to die. And then Suchi gives you four mana that so you can use immediately, the, because yeah. it yeah, dies. Yeah, then, then you get the land. The land comes wait, back on tap. So I actually broke it. This combo is great. Well, it's not a combo. You turn two four fours into a Land in the four I forts. broke it. This synergy is fantastic. I will also point out Your that they've printed this card fantastic. just in time because there's an esports team that now exists called the Golden Guardians. Hey, Amazing. Guys. Owned by Golden State. Hey, Alex. I misread another line on this text. Yeah, okay. what, back over again? What, 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 what line did you miss? Fight? Did you say you miss fight? When it dies. Yeah, you didn't realize that? After yeah. activating the ability. Yeah, it has to die. That's why it's because of Suchi, the Suchi, look, that's why you gotta play the 4-4 four, four that makes four mana. You thought you just said to activate. It's not just no, no, I just activate. thought you had to fight it, and it was like uh, Garrick. No, no, dog. You thought this was like the most busted card in Magic history. <laughs> I'm telling you. I got four, excited. Four, four, it was a big that, like, robot, and I was stoked. That your opponent's thing, and then flips into a bust So I want to make Golden Guardian the Stuffy Doll. No downsides. So I want to make the Stuffy Doll Guardian deck right now, but I don't know how I can put Fastbond in it. I'm going to have to spend some time brewing. Just play Fastbond. That card's just good. No, I don't think so. Hashtag fastball to zero. Oh my god. Stop All right. Fastball to so zero. That is our set review for the day. If you want fastball to be zero, run for council. Mm. Otherwise, you don't get to say fastball to zero. I mean, okay, Liam. Yes. I spent some amount of time figuring out how to make the Polyraptor. Oh. <laughs> Excellent. Tell me more, Grant. It's not, it's not a perfect system. All right. That's okay. You don't say. Good so start. You need. You need uh, you need some. You need some setup. That's, right. that's step so, one. Step so one. There's a, there's a variety of enchantments that will give creatures haste. Yeah, okay. like Yavimaya, whatever. Uh, fires of Yavimaya. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, fires yeah, yeah. of Yavimaya is three mana. You got sure. either. Concordant crossroads. Yeah, mass hysteria in red is just yeah. single red uh -huh. mana. All creatures have haste. Uh -huh. Or yep. like Alex said, concordant crossroads. This is good to play yeah. in the early game. The same too, in green. So they have their things tapped. That's good. Yeah, for the for the sake. For the sake of argument, since we're going to Magical Christmas Land, right? let's say Teamer Ascendancy, because 
Then, whenever a creature with power four greater enters the battlefield, you may draw a card. So, so you get to get to get to draw some cards when the Polyraptors come perfect. into play. Well, if you go infinite, you end up decking if yourself. You it's May. 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 It's May. May. If okay. you say the word seismic assault, I'm coming over this table. No, 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 no. Now, now you need you need better. something. No, no, I'm talking about how you how you get to attack with the Polyraptors. That, that's why they have haste. Uh -huh. yeah. You need some kind of anthem effect. Uh huh. That's 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 super relevant. Or this whole thing doesn't work. And then the keystone is. This is a card from from Commander 2013, where ancients tread. Oh, perfect. Okay, so I'm it's metable. four and a red for uh -huh, an enchantment. Uh -huh. Whenever a creature with power five or greater enters the battlefield under your control, you may have where ancients tread deal five damage to target creature or player. So you've got to do it to the polyraptor. So you need to puff. You, you need like a plus one plus one for your team. So uh -huh. the polyraptor comes in. You uh -huh. get to draw your card off team or ascendancy. Right. Deal five damage to itself. Repeat that because it's a may. Repeat uh -huh. that as many times as you want, and then you just attack with all these. Six six polyraptors with five damage. And you them for five. Okay, you know what? This is so stupid. I'm just gonna say I've got the perfect anthem for you. It's coat of arms. Yeah, why not? Coat of arms is five. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we could play that new like radiant. Uh... Radiant destiny. Yeah. I think it's the light. What's making that noise? I don't it's know. the light. Well. <laughs> that was all of a sudden the world got a little darker. Well, anyways, huh? <laughs> Can you hear it over your oh, headset? Yeah. Turns out those lights have tiny, tiny fans okay, in them. Okay, well, hey everybody, uh, welcome to North One Hundred. That was our set review. <laughs> so, so that was our set review. Thank you, Graham, for taking us to magical Christmas land. So we only needed <laughs> oh, four colors for this combo, even okay. three. We could stay. Our, I'm building this deck. We're we're in. All right, all right, all right. That was our set review. Uh, thank you so much for all of your suggestions and letting us the cards. Uh, cards, cards. You want us to talk about? Uh, we really appreciate all the feedback and the great uh, fanfare and everything from the previous episode. Let us go now to our usual closing segment. Powerful magic. Ba, 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 uh, and up today we have a Liam story that maybe features Alex and maybe just a tiny bit of a spoiler on uh, on on one of the games that happened in our Friday uh, live. Well, the Highland spoiler is that we played. All right, Liam, tell me a story. Set the stage with your words. All right, I will do just that. So Alex and I are playing. Uh, it's Friday, uh, last Friday, in fact. Uh, Serge and Jeremy have already played. There's some winner. That's not important. So now Alex and I are playing, and Alex is playing Black Mold, uh, mm. the deck he is most well-known for. Yep. And I am playing a pile of rug cards, uh, a deck I am not that well-known for, but it was pretty good. Um, and so we've been having... This was in game one, right, that this happened? I think this was game one. Was this game one or game two? I think I don't, it was game two. All right. Anyway, what happened in game one, not relevant. This was game two. Um, and Alex and I have had like a, a reasonably back and forth game. He's had a kind of aggressive start. Well, Alex comes out swinging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, was this the one I? Okay. Anyway, we Alex has been had a, a reasonably aggressive start. My life total is not super high, um, but I've like sort of stabilized the board. I've killed some of his stuff, and so it's at the point now where Alex just has like um, a vampire hex mage. You had a reclamation sage in play that had blown up a search for Azcanta. Um, and maybe another creep. Oh, and, and you had a, a hissing quagmire in play. Um, and so I have seven lands in play, and one of them is Raging Ravine. Mm -hmm. And so Alex goes to attack, and he attacks me with, with three of his creatures. Um, and this attack will just actually kill me. It's just lethal. Um, but uh, I made a, a pretty sweet play. So I so cool. I, I animate the, the Raging Ravine 
tapping it to pay the red mana cost in order to actually pay the four. And, and Surge stops and is like, you're aware that you're animating like a tapped creature? And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's like, fine. I cock my eyebrow at this yeah, point. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Alex like gave him the full sideways. He was like... <laughs> you can go watch this, in fact, if you go check out the VOD. Like, you can yeah. see it all What's happen. What's he up to? Right, so then... Um, and then the nuts. <laughs> still before blocks, I cast Bounding Crisis, which is a one blue green three three with flash that says when it enters the battlefield you may tap or untap target creature. Now what's important and why this play needed to go in the in the way that it did is that it says creature not permanent. So pester might and deceiver XR, you can just untap whatever you want. They don't care. But bounding crisis needs it to be a creature. So I, I animated my uh, my um, rampaging ravine and then raging ravine. raging ravine. Sorry, and then untapped it and then blocked two of Alex's creatures. Got the old two for zero. Just crushed him. Yeah, kind of a turnaround. It was, was a reasonable guard break. Uh, and then I, I went on to uh, do something in that game. To potentially do some other things <laughs> in that game. We won't spoil the result for you, though that play might give you some indication. Maybe Alex came back. Maybe he had more threats. Maybe not. Maybe I subsequently, you know, killed him. You'll have to watch the VOD to find out. That was it was a really, really clutch turn. That was I was really impressed by that. It's like you'll never know. Maybe I cast Care of Expite. True. And, That's plausible. And you died. <laughs> plausible for I, sure. All right. Well, that is our episode for today. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. A reminder, this episode is brought to you by you with your support over at the Patreon at patreon.com slash run. We literally could not do this without your support. Uh, thank you for all your suggestions. Thank you for the feedback. Thank you for being awesome. Um, as always, from us, Norseman Under View, uh, tune in next time. We'll see you uh, next week. Cheers.